2025 is already picking up steam for the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. And Josh, the 2025 seems to be picking up more and more steam. Earlier this week, we talked about the crystal ball that Parker Thune put in on Malik Hawkins, 2025 cornerback. And now we've got a pair of crystal balls put in by Parker Thune, Brandon Drum of OU Insider 247 Sports, to the recently offered 2025 quarterback, Kevin Sperry. If Jeff Lebby is going to be around long-term for Oklahoma, they might have found the next perfect quarterback in Kevin Sperry. You flip this tape on, and this kid who has two years of high school left to be played, John, I I get it. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Ye shall not fall in love with the huddle tape. I have fallen in love with the, the huddle tape of one Kevin Sperry. And especially when you start thinking about this kid, I mean, he's obviously, he's got the arm talent. It's a, it's a cannon for an arm. Okay. The mechanics, uh, even, even in the huddle tape, you can tell mechanics probably need to get cleaned up a little bit. Pocket presence probably needs to get cleaned up a little bit, but that arm with those legs, those feet in Jeff Lebby's offense, where I want to run my quarterback. Yeah. I can see where both sides of this equation are thinking, Hmm, this could be a perfect marriage, John. And the way it sounds is kind of this is an offer that's been in the making because he's visited Oklahoma on an unofficial basis several times already. Uh, and now he picks up that offer, seemed to be pretty excited about it based on his Twitter response. And, you know, our guys Thune and Drum, like not long after put in their crystal balls, like to me, this seems to be something that there's a, a lot of momentum towards him in Oklahoma. And Josh, you mentioned it. The dude looks like the truth. And I, I know I don't want to get overhyped about a sophomore in high school, but come on, go to huddle. Just watch him play. Yes, the throws are there. The the ability to make you know throws on the run, both sides going left, going right, able to hit the 10-yard out, the 15-yard out, the 15-yard comeback, hit the ball down the field, throw it down the seam. He's throwing everything you'd ask a quarterback to throw as a sophomore in high school. Are there things to work on? 100%. He's not a finished product at all. You get halfway through, though, and you start seeing what he can do on the move and design run plays. And my goodness, this is a kid that's already mature enough to be a running quarterback at a varsity level in the state of Texas. What he was doing to some of those guys, Allen High School, McKinney High School, really good programs in the North Texas area, was really impressive, like absolutely murdering dudes out there on the field, leaving them with broken ankles, running around guys. Just It it was incredible. It was very subtle agility and really subtle physicality. Like he brings it on both fronts. And again, don't want to get too hype about him, but 
you look at what he's done already as a sophomore and, and his trajectory, if he continues an upward trajectory, easily a four-star prospect that's probably going to be pushing for five-star territory by the time the 2025 cycle comes to a close. So it, it's really fascinating to see how this is playing out. But, man, you, you just love what you see from the kid already as a, as a sophomore. And he's going to have opportunities to grow and continue to improve his you know, the technical aspects of it, reading the, reading the field, seeing the game, it's all going to continue to come together for him. Obviously, if he puts in the work, he stays dedicated to his craft over the next couple of years. But it seems like that Oklahoma has kind of found its quarterback, you know, prospect quarterback recruit of the 2025 cycle already. And I mean, we're two years out from 2025 national signing day, and they've already got a really good handle on who they want to be the quarterback of that class. Yeah, and I, you know what? I think they've hit a home run on who they want to be the quarterback of that class. There's, of course, going to be other uh, talented kids, but this kid out of out of Frisco from Rock Hill High School is something. He's he's something else. I, I like the tape. the The one throw, twenty seconds in, he's rolling right. He's really not under any pressure. The mechanics, again, it's sort of off balance off his back foot but he just lets it rip and it's right on the money. So I see something like that and you see, you see potential, right? Because that really shouldn't have been a ball that was thrown off his back foot, but it doesn't matter for Kevin Sperry that it's thrown off of his back foot. So I see the potential. He's already John, his dad, this is, you know, probably part of the reason that he gets some early high major looks, but uh, you know, his dad, former Washington state linebacker. So that little bit of, you know, dad having played power five football, I'm sure helps, but you're talking about somebody that just last season was the Texas district five and six, a offensive district five, six, a offensive newcomer, the newcomer of the year as a sophomore. So he's starting to get all sorts of big time offers. Let's look here just uh, since the turn of the calendar year alone, John, he's picked up offers from and he already, you know, had some big time offers before that, even even before this calendar year, he had offers from Tennessee, Ole Miss, Baylor, Texas A&M, Florida State. But since the turn of the calendar year, Tulsa's jumped in, Purdue's jumped in, Oregon, Arizona State, Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech, TCU, Vanderbilt, Washington State, Pittsburgh, and now Oklahoma. So, I mean, for somebody that I get it, it's uh, it's very, very early we still say that in some ways in regards, John, to the 24 class. Well, for the 25 class, we're way out in front. He's got no star ratings next to his name because really nobody, for the most part, has star ratings next to their name in the 25 class. But those that offer sheet alone, John, tells us he's going to finish with – I mean, obviously he's going to be a four-star guy and potentially above. Yeah, and I think it's very possible that when it comes to his the 2024 calendar year, his senior season there at Rock Hill, that we could potentially be talking about him in, in a similar light as we're talking or as we talked about Jackson Arnold, just a guy that continues that upward trajectory uh, throughout his high school career and continues to build and build and, and you know takes advantage of the opportunities to go to places like maybe the Elite 11 camp, Under Armour All-American games, things like that uh, down the road. The dude's got a lot of talent. He's got a good arm. He's got good mobility. He's got a lot to work with, and I think he's going to continue to improve on that. The fascinating thing of all this, Josh, and we're going to talk about that here coming up after the break, is the direction of the quarterback class or the, the quarterback room under Jeff Levy, under Brent Venables, and what that kind of means for Oklahoma moving forward. 
Yeah, that is uh, that's interesting to wonder about. Uh, I've got I've got some thoughts on that. I mean, I don't think this is any sort of, uh, you know, to me, any sort of a comment on the guys that we think could be coming or already are on campus for Oklahoma. But let's talk about that in just a moment. But let me tell you about FanDuel. It is the official partner for us right here on the Locked On Network, and it can be the top choice for you. The midway point of the NBA season has come and gone, and now's the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. It's America's number one sports book because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet. And look, when you're talking about laying something down up to $1,000, know that you've got that gimme bet and there's not all bad baby no sweat first bet that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win so just download the FanDuel sportsbook app where it's safe it's secure it's super easy to use you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores threes drained so some of those fun props out there you can get after those as well plus FanDuel it even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlay cha-ching cha-ching so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com backslash locked on fanduel.com backslash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba so the kevin sperry offer to me i don't think is any sort of commentary i mean it's obviously it's several years removed from Jackson Arnold inking up and coming on campus with Oklahoma and hypothetically it could time out to where, you know, you step on campus and Arnold is kind of automatically moving on. And then uh, I don't think uh, it says anything about Michael Hawkins either. I think what it does tell us, John, is this coaching staff. And and I like this about this coaching staff. Jeff Levy is, and really I should say this coaching staff, your, your quarterbacks coach, your offensive coordinator, he's trying to land a, top flight quarterback in every class. Now I understand. I recognize the challenges in trying to go get a four or five star guy every single year, John, it can be challenging in the sense that oh, why would I go there? They just signed Jackson Arnold. Does it matter to Jeff Levy in Oklahoma? They are year after year after year trying to bring in a blue chip quarterback, which in today's day and age where guys are, shuffling uh exit stage left left and right again and again and again it's not a bad practice to try and get in the habit of inking a quarterback in every class because guess what we've seen it work in the opposite direction for Oklahoma John even uh this past season right where you look up and you're like wait a second I thought we had a backup quarterback and now 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 we don't in the Cotton Bowl Yeah, and you can even go back a little bit further than that to the end of the 2021 season. You had Spencer Rattler, you had Caleb Williams. Well, Lincoln Riley, his kind of plan and plan of action was, you know, to get a quarterback every other class. That was his goal. And so you look up and you're in 2021, you've got Rattler, you've got Caleb Williams. You're thinking, okay, we're set for the next several years. Well, then Lincoln Riley leaves. Both those guys leave as well, and you're kind of left – having to go to the transfer portal. Now you got, you got Dylan Gabriel because of his connection with Jeff Levy, but you know, in a situation where maybe you someday down the road, Jeff Levy decides to leave and you only have two quarterbacks that you feel have starting potential. Well, if they all leave, then you're like, well, now what do we do? Well, I think, you know, if you do build that depth and you have, you know, three, four star quarterbacks on your roster or Jackson Arnold, a five star if he ends up committing Michael Hawkins, 
a four, maybe five star, and then Kevin Sperry, a four, maybe five star in your roster, then you're feeling really, really good about the position. One, if there's an injury two, if Jackson Arnold leaves early for the NFL, which I mean, if he's as good as it looks, you're not going to get him for a full, you know, four seasons in Norman. I doubt he very much. He red shirts this year. So you're not going to get a full four seasons out of him because he, you probably get three. You could redshirt Michael Hawkins and then get three years out of him. You could redshirt Kevin Sperry and then get you know a few years out of him as well. So, I it's an interesting strategy and it's it's a bold strategy. Cotton, let's see if it works out for him. Um, but I don't mind it, and I don't mind like the idea that hey, we're going to build competition. We're going to put as many talented people in each of these rooms as possible. We're seeing it with Demarco Murray too, right? They did four star, you know, two four star running backs in the 2022 cycle with Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachuk, two four star running backs in the 2023 cycle with um, Caleb Hicks and Dalen Smothers. And now we're looking at them adding two, maybe three running backs in the 2024 cycle. Like they're not afraid to add competition at every position. And I think that's a good thing for an Oklahoma Sooners program that was six and seven a year ago is about to go to the SEC. You don't see Nick Saban not taking two four-star quarterbacks like he just did in the 2023 cycle just because he had a four-star quarterback. No, he took two in the same cycle. Like If Nick Saban can take two in the same cycle, you can take one each year like Jeff Levy's trying to do. So I like the strategy. I like the idea that they're going to build competition in the class or from class to class and add to the depth in the quarterback room every single year. I think that's a good thing. I think it's going to continue to kind of keep everybody on – red alert a little bit like, Hey, we're bringing in this guy. You better continue to develop, continue to take this seriously, raise your game. No days off. we got to build every day. I don't mind it. It's a, it's a really cool strategy. And I, and will, you know, could you see guys transfer out at some point? Yes, but you're still going to be left with a lot of talent in the room. Even if one guy decides to transfer out at some point. And let's see what happens here. Let's see if, I mean, wouldn't it be something I, you know, you see these crystal balls and that's not, Hey, a commitment is, you know, even necessarily imminent in some cases it is right. Uh, I don't know if that's the situation here with Sperry for Oklahoma, but wouldn't it be kind of amazing if the first commitment in the 25 class happened before the first commitment in the 2024 class? I mean, that would be a wild storyline, but whether, you know, neither here nor there. If that happens or doesn't happen, John, one thing that we know to be true, and we say it again and again and again, this will be a timeless narrative. You'll always hear this. If you get this quarterback in the 25 class locked in, then all of a sudden easier to go talk to those skill guys, get them on board, on and on and on. It just snowballs downhill. So it would be a a gigantic domino uh, from where I'm sitting if they could get Sperry committed here quickly. And the other thing that that I like about this, John, again, commitment, you know, crystal ball, not necessarily meaning commitment, but if this crystal ball does convert into a commitment at some point, it tells me that, look, we're talking about Levy and the direction of the staff and Hey, they want to bring a quarterback in each year. Well, Sperry don't care who's on campus. If that happens, he's saying, uh, yeah, that's all right. Uh, uh, I've been around some good players and have done some nice things at Rock Hill. I don't care who's on campus. I'm gonna come take the job. And I like that portion of it. Yeah, that's quite the attitude to have as well. Jackson Arnold's there. Eh. Michael Hawkins could be there. Eh, that's fine. I'm going to go anyway. Uh, speaking of Michael Hawkins, he set a commitment date, April 8th, Saturday, April 8th. 
he looks like he's going to be nailing down his decision between TCU, presumably, and the Oklahoma Sooners. So it seems like things are kind of pointing toward Oklahoma still on that front. He did take several, you know, a couple visits to Fort Worth to see uh, the Horn Frogs, which, I mean, that's not that big a deal. That's just a drive down uh, the 121, uh, the Sam Rayburn Tollway uh, to get to Fort Worth. My old stomping grounds. Um, but I, I still kind of am with guys like Parker Thune who decide who are still leaning that it's going to be Oklahoma. There's just been way too much traction there over the last you know year uh, since Jeff Levy came on board. And with the Malik Hawkins offer plus the crystal ball, it just seems like things are kind of trending there for the Sooners. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels that way. And I mean, obviously this is a commitment date that's gotten pushed back. So, you know, initially the thought process was maybe that would work against Oklahoma a little bit, but ultimately if you were pretty heavily leaning Oklahoma to begin with, then it's going to take quite a sell to get you off where your heart maybe was initially set. And it sounds like, and we'll see. I mean, obviously we're going to find out in what basically a month exactly time, whether or not the heart is in fact set on the university of Oklahoma, which tea leaves kind of sound like that's sort of where it's been. Yeah. And things could change. I mean, the, the tea leaves could have changed. It's, you never know what uh, a kid is thinking. And I mean, there's a really good opportunity for them or for him down there at TCU with Kendall Bryles uh, and the Horn Frogs offense. I mean, they did a lot of really nice things this past year and, but that's going to be a really interesting commitment to watch or, and then with 2025 tied in Davin Mitchell, who could be reclassifying to 2024. That's potentially a, uh, combo commit that uh, Oklahoma could be seeking. Oklahoma is very high on his list. If Hawkins does end up with the Sooners, I think it creates a, a greater likelihood that Mitchell also ends up with the Sooners. Uh, Josh, we're going to turn the page. We're going to talk about our quarterback competition down south of the Red River after I talked to you all about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now you can get the best tasting protein bar ever at Sam's Club or Walmart. They've got them available in stock for you there. Go check it out. Favorite flavors right now, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Absolutely love them. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. They got you covered over at Built.com, or you can go to Walmart or Sam's Club. Again, great tasting protein bars that are 100% covered in chocolate and are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar. High protein. What else could you want? Great for a snack. Great for a pre-workout, post-workout to get that protein in. If you need it, go check it out. Built.com. Use our promo code locked on or sorry, locked15 to get 15% off your next order or go to Sam's Club or Walmart. So Josh, Steve Sarkeesian says there will be a quarterback competition down there in Austin between Quinn Ewers, the starting quarterback in the 2022 season, and Arch Manning, arguably arguably the number one player in the 2023 cycle. What do you make of this? Do you think that there's any merit really to this competition? Or do you think that Quinn Ewers is in danger of potentially losing his starting quarterback job to the golden child? I'll believe it when I see it, Uh, you know, from, for right now. And I've heard some reaction. Oh, this means that those Texas boosters, they, they got in there and said, no, you're going to, you're going to come out and make this thing a competition. I I don't know that this is anything more than a little bit of coach speak to motivate a quarterback that was, was good, but also average in some spots in Quinn Ewers. I would imagine that Quinn Ewers is 
still very heavily the favorite for Texas to win the job. Is it a serious competition? No, I don't think it's a serious competition right now. But Arch Manning being a five-star kid coming in, and we know I you know, don't have to list off the uh, list of relatives for you with Arch Manning. It's, uh, it could turn into that quickly, right? But do I believe it right now today? No, I think the guy that started and threw 15 touchdown passes, and though it wasn't always great, John, did do some nice things for Texas last season. I'm still putting stock in that's the guy I expect to start and play really for the majority of next season until things go south. Yeah. And I mean, we could be talking this time next year about a a new destination for Quinn Ewers. Could it be a third school in his collegiate career? If Arch Manning does take the job, he was good. He was a good player for them at times last year. That Texas team is still building, but it just seems a little bit, odd I, I wouldn't say that it's a boosters thing but you know unlike brent venables and jeff levy who just came out straight up when dylan gabriel arrived and they said no he's our starting quarterback like there's nobody else davis bevel's not nick evers isn't general booty no i mean ralph rucker i'm sorry guys you're not starting it's dylan gabriel's job like they made no bean or no bones about who's going to be the starting quarterback um uh, you know and even this year i think even with jackson arnold coming in and a lot of people thinking that Jackson Arnold could overtake the starting quarterback job. They talked about Jackson Arnold kind of being at the back of the line, but that he wouldn't necessarily be there all spring or all summer or into the fall, but there weren't any mentions of a quarterback competition there. There was no indication that they're looking anywhere else for their quarterback snaps. This could work in Steve Sarkeesian's favor, or it could create a lot of drama over the next six months like it has in the first couple of seasons. I mean, you had the Casey Thompson Hudson card imbroglio um, in 20, the 2021 season. And then heading leading into the 2022 season, you had the Hudson card and Quinn Ewers imbroglio. And he even named Hudson card, the starter out of fall camp before eventually giving the job back or giving the job to Quinn Ewers after a couple of games. So it's like, would you rather your quarterback split reps first team reps or get all of those first team reps so that you can better prepare him for the regular season. I'm kind of of the mind that you've got a guy in Quinn Ewers who finally had a, got a year of experience under his belt. Just name him the starter. If he's getting all those reps and he's not performing, then you can start having a quarterback competition. But to say like my starter from last year is now in a quarterback competition. I don't know. kind of undermines like all the decisions that he's made at the quarterback position, it's like going back and or everybody just kind of laughs at the idea that it's a competition. Similarly to the way that we did Lincoln Riley, whenever he'd say, you know, Jalen Hurts is in competition with Spencer Rattler. No, he's not. That that was there was no competition. So. and, And then you just wonder, does it undermine the rest of the competition in position battles that are occurring um, on campus. I think it's, I think it's okay to have a delineated hierarchy of players. Like, Nope. Quinn yours is one arch. Maybe you're two. You might not be two, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to show us that you are definitely head and shoulders better than he is before we're going to actually throw you into a competition or give you the starting quarterback job at this, like where it's at now, it leaves it all open to air. And the team doesn't know who to follow. And I think having a guy that's a solid leader, that kind of matters. 
Well, and Arch Manning better be significantly better than Quinn Ewers to forfeit the opportunity to seriously contend for the Big 12 championship, right? Because as much as, and I'll paint a little bit of devil's advocate here for us, because there was some really, really bad with Quinn Ewers too. The Oklahoma State game comes to mind for a lot of people, intercepted three times in that game. I know he throws 319 yards, but he had 30 incompletions in that game, and three of those, again, were were picks. Uh, threw for just 107 yards versus Kansas. The TCU game wasn't all that great. 17-10, to 10, you lose, and again, there's 22 incompletions and one intercept. So uh, there was uh, when I say there was good for Quinn Ewers, don't get it twisted that I don't also understand there was plenty of pretty bad for Quinn Ewers as well. But that being said, you've got someone that has started football games for you, at a power five level has gone on this merry go merry go round once in the big 12 conference. And hypothetically, there's a scenario where if Arch Manning legitimately today is not definitively better than Quinn Ewers, you're basically throwing this season away unless you're just basically posturing yourself for, we think Arch Manning's ceiling is better than Quinn Ewers. We're convinced of that already. And we're opening this up as a legitimate competition because we want Arch Manning to be the guy year one to take us into the SEC. But even then, that just sounds kind of dumb, John, because if Quinn Ewers gives you the better chance to win the, the Big 12 championship, I would think you want that springboard of having won the Big 12 championship going into the SEC versus, eh, yeah, we were mediocre, but oh my gosh, we got our quarterback situation figured out going into the SEC. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting battle to watch. I mean, Oklahoma has their own position battles to watch as well, but we know who the quarterback's going to be. It's going to be Dylan Gabriel. We'll see how everything else transpires and plays out. A lot of things at wide receiver, defensive line, linebacker, defensive back, a lot to watch uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners on the competition, but just thought it was interesting to to discuss the, the Texas stuff. Hey, Oklahoma's got a big weekend coming up on the athletics front with the women facing off against no, they they'll face the winner of was it TCU in Kansas That's uh, on Friday night. Uh, and then Oklahoma softball heads down to Starkville for the uh, bulldog invitational with Mississippi state and Omaha and Southern Louisiana. So it's going to be an interesting weekend of softball there. You got sec plus you can watch that. Uh, two of the games will be streamed on Sooner Sports TV as well. So you'll have opp- opportunities to check out the uh, Sooner softball team. And then OU Baseball, they take on Josh. Wait for it. Houston. They'd go to Houston for a three-game set. Sorry, I was faster than you. And that's, what, a, what that's you- a big a big little series for them yeah big little big little series for them to see if uh they can keep this thing rolling obviously a couple of nice uh midweek wins over unlv so those uh those are important to uh to not let yourself slip that ncaa tournament stock with a couple of uh poor midweek performances but gotta go down on the road and uh well beat a big 12 though yeah and they've been doing really well the last uh week and a half or so um, just really on a nice run. Um, you know, they took two or three in the Frisco College Baseball Classic, including wins over California and Mississippi State. Uh, prior to that, um, had the series win against Ryder 
taking two or three from them. And then, uh, yeah, the two wins over UNLV. So they've won, you know, what, six of their last seven or sorry, six of their last eight. So good little run that they're on. So a lot to, a lot to watch, a lot to be excited for this weekend if you're an Oklahoma Sooners sports fan. So make sure you go check it out. You can find all the listings over at Soonersports.tv or, sorry, Soonersports.com where you'll be able to stream some things on Soonersports.tv or on ESPN Plus for certain things as well. But again, make sure you check out the women's game tomorrow against TCU. Good chance to make, make a big statement in the Big 12 tournament uh, for Jenny Baranchik and her crew. Uh, but until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Free and available on all podcast platforms. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I'm at John Nine Williams. Follow the show at Locked On Sooners. We'll catch you then. We'll have all of the recap from the weekend that was coming up on this Sunday night. If you're on YouTube or Monday morning pod for your car ride home or car ride to work or car ride home. If you work nights, uh, I used to work nights. So I, I know how that is. You need stuff to listen to, to keep you awake, but we'll talk to you then boomer sooner.